0: Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of the Taking His Hand podcast presented by truthbooks.com. We're joined today by Matt Basford. He's an evangelist at Jackson Heights Congregation in Columbia, Tennessee. Matt is also a talented hymn writer, preacher, blogger, and you can read more of his work at hisexcellentword.blogspot.com. He also serves our organization, Truth Publications Incorporated, as a special advisor to the board of directors, and we're really happy to have him on the show with us here today. Welcome, Matt.
1: Thank you, brother. It's a pleasure to join you. Always enjoy the times that we have to talk together.
0: Absolutely. You know, uh, this has been, to say the least, an interesting span of time for you. Uh, And in this recent uh, issue of Truth Magazine, the September issue, uh, you laid it all out there for everybody in your article, Faith and ALS. I just want you to maybe take a minute and tell our audience about yourself and this recent diagnosis and uh, kind of some of the things that have transpired to bring you to where you are.
1: Well, you are exactly right when you say that it's been an interesting year Uh, because what has happened to me this year is, as you alluded to, I've been diagnosed with ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. It's otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, in my case, this is hereditary. I inherited it from my mother and it is a disease that is terminal and has no cure. So this, the, the journey to this diagnosis and grappling with it myself has certainly been a, a a difficult and spiritually challenging one.
0: Well, absolutely would be for anyone. And, uh, First of all, I want to say our prayers are continually with you uh, and your family as well. And that and is know, so meaningful. Well, and, and I know there are many uh, across our organization and the reach of our customer base that have learned uh, of this and have expressed the same and, and will continue to do so. Uh, but I, I really want to you know talk about this article because as you've um, come to this diagnosis and face you know, this giant, if you will, Uh, there are good things coming out of this and opportunities to teach and opportunities for folks to learn. Uh, And in reading your article myself, I just, uh, you know, was really moved to tears (laughs) in so many ways, uh, seeing that this does touch our faith. And I guess that's the first thing I kind of want to ask is, you know, from your perspective, where does this, you know, collide immediately with our faith? And uh, what can you share with us to kind of encourage others who are facing, you know, similar difficulties or obstacles or challenges um, in their life?
1: Well, I, I think it's the sort of thing that brings you face to face with that age old problem of human suffering, that if God is good and powerful and I'm striving to be one of his faithful people, then how can something like this happen to me? Uh, how can it be that uh, I would be uh, touched by this this dreadful news? And, you know, that, that's a, a question that is debated in college philosophy 101 classes all across the country. I certainly remember hitting it there when I was in college. But my experience has been that that's not really where my own thoughts have gone at all. Because I guess if you're somebody and you're coming into this without faith or without a relationship with God, then you might blame God or shake your fist at the uncaring universe or whatever. But from my perspective, I know the Bible well enough to know that God does not ever promise his people a happy, contented, prosperous, suffering-free life. And the, the first example of that is our Lord who was someone who faced great suffering, even though he had never done anything wrong. He didn't deserve any of that. And yet it was God's will that he suffer to accomplish some greater good. And with Jesus, we get to see behind the curtain. In my own life, I I don't get to. I, I don't know why God has allowed this to happen. But... I remain convinced of his love for me. I remain convinced of his mercy. And I am confident that he has his his reasons for doing so. And beyond that, even if that were not so, I don't see any point in doing as Job's wife advised him to do and turning around and cursing God and dying. I mean, what does that prove? At this point, the only hope that I have is God. I don't get to linger anymore in the illusion that I can solve all of my problems for myself or believe that my life on earth is just going to continue on indefinitely without change. I know those things aren't true. And, you know, there is nothing I can do to ward off death on my own. And so I must trust him because there is no other alternative,
0: yeah, you know, I think that's a great point. And in your article uh, in the magazine, you talk about you know where is God in this, and just like you're stating your continued faith, and and that's where you started in all this and continuing it. The other thing I think that kind of comes to light, especially the way you put it into words in this article, is that you can see God. Uh, we can't maybe see behind the curtain, so to speak, as the why, but we do see practical applications then of our faith uh, taking place because of this type of an obstacle. Maybe talk a little bit about that. You, you deal with it in the article by talking about people and prayer and God's Word and serving Him and um, and so forth, but, but maybe put it into to sum it up a little bit without us just reading the article, uh, the things that you see to answer that question. where Where is God in this while you're walking through the trial?
1: Uh, I think, first of all, God is obvious in the incredibly warm and loving response that I've gotten from Christians throughout this. And, you know, all, all of us who have been associated with the Lord's church for any time. have heard people say bad things about the church and complain about the bad things that Christians have done to them. It's good to remember the other side of the the coin too, that yes, those things happen. But at the same time, you also have people who are, when called upon, incredibly loving and generous and caring. And, it, and it's been a blessing just to watch that and to be awed by The Depth of the love that these people have for me. I don't I don't think I deserve it But I I don't deserve the love of God either and that's exactly uh, What I am seeing expressed I believe and you know God has been so good to me and helping throughout this and I I I think that he is answering the prayers of these people even now you know it it, the it's impossible to say for sure but, you know, two and a half months after diagnosis, almost three months, uh, I feel better, I guess, than I was expecting to. And the first place I would uh, put the credit for that would be with God and with prayer. And it's the thing about providence. You never know, but but you can suspect, and I suspect.
0: Yeah, that's that's so... Uh, impactful, I think, for so many because often I think our struggle with prayer is, you know, will we get an answer and where is the answer and will I recognize the answer and, and those things. And it's encouraging to um, hear you talk about, you know, feeling that and, and sensing that uh, in the things or suspecting that in the things that you've seen. Uh, and it is, you know, it is unfortunate and sometimes that we struggle among one another as Christians uh, but then there are days when we really do well at uh imitating our savior and doing the things that you know we ought to do and um I, we were talking right before we actually started recording that you've had an opportunity through several other mediums to talk about this and share your story and and not just share about this but talk about other impactful things like influence of social media and and things like that and that's and right. that's uh that's awesome that you know this has provided an opportunity for even more uh, you know, impact in, in meaningful ways. Um, speaking of that, maybe we shift gears just a little bit, but your work continues. You're, you're not uh, limited right now in the sense of not doing the, the work that you've been doing for so long. And one of those things is working on a salter, um, that I'd like for you maybe to share uh, a teaser uh, a little bit with our audience here today and, and talk about other projects that you are working on, because I know that's on the top of your mind now that uh, you want to use your time to, to do as much as you can.
1: That That's exactly it. Because a lot of the time doctors will advise people with ALS, if you have a job, quit it. But I, I think that's exactly the wrong answer for me because So much of what gives my life meaning is my work. And as you have alluded to, one of my big projects right now that I'm trying to shepherd to completion is what's called a metrical Psalter. Basically, that means that, like we sing, Hallelujah, Praise Jehovah, which is a metrical paraphrase of Psalm 148. I I did that with all 150 Psalms. And I, I hope that this is something that will be useful both for you know, Christians who were involved in homeschooling, for instance. I think that if they are able to take this psalter and use that in their homeschooling routine, that could be very helpful. And it's, it's easy to do because the way that I've put the psalter together, I've done nothing but use familiar tunes. So if you're familiar with the usual church repertoire of hymns, then you could take this and you and your kids could sit down and sing through, uh, you know, Psalm 96 or any other psalm of your choosing as part of your circle time every day. And I I think there's usefulness to the the congregation as well. Uh, How many of us have heard Psalm 22, read to prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper? And it's a great text for that. But how about singing Psalm 22? Yeah. And, you know, to my knowledge, that's never been part of the repertoire of the brotherhood. But now now that I've done this, this is something that congregations can take and say, rather than just reading it, we're going to absorb this psalm in the way that it was originally intended. We're going to sing through it. And we're going to put ourselves in, in Jesus' shoes and experience those emotions for ourselves as we sing.
0: Yeah, that to me, this is really exciting. Like you said, it's not something that uh, uh, has been done, to my knowledge, in this kind of a way. And, and I think it's really, really exciting to bring that to the table. Um, you, you're also involved with Symphonia and uh, the work to bring psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, uh, the hymnal, to fruition uh, maybe talk a little bit about that in your work as a hymn writer and also editor uh, in the involvement with, with Symphonia.
1: That's uh, I've been involved with Symphonia on one level or another for about 20 years now. Recently, they invited me to join their board. And there are a, a couple of projects that we're working on right now that are about to come to fruition. Uh, uh, the, one of the most interesting, I think, is we are collaborating with uh, Truth Bookstore to host uh, slides and sheet music for all of the hymns that we have recorded on Truth Books' website. And we think that's so important because, you know, people might uh, buy one of the Symphonia albums and take it home and listen to it. And then say, well, that's wonderful. I want to take that and make that a part of our worship service and just not know where to go to find those files. And now they're going to be available. They're going to be trustworthy because a lot of those files that you find floating around on the internet, they have errors in them. <laughs> yeah. And to uh, help people learn to sing these songs, we're going to be uh, linking to our albums and stuff so that... Even if you can't read music, this is something that you can incorporate.
0: Yeah, it's it's really exciting. We're happy that uh, that's an ongoing uh, plan and and so forth uh, at truthbooks.com. We kind of want to stop maybe for a moment here and mention that, you know, this is Uh, Some people don't understand our organization because it's kind of a joining together of a number of things through the years. Uh, CEI Bookstore has been in Athens, Alabama since the 1950s. Uh, Truth Magazine, the periodical uh, paper, as it has been called for many, many years, has been in production since roughly the same time. Uh, Those two things kind of came together um, many years ago, and ultimately you had uh, the full kind of publishing company that uh, has evolved from that. Uh, truthbooks.com is the is the retail website. That's where you can go and find all of the products. So I'd invite you to visit that and uh, check that out. Um, you can also find us online by searching CEI Bookstore or searching Truth Publications. Either one. Uh, the Symphonia Hymnal, Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs has been uh, just a you know perennial bestseller for us. Since its publication, and that's wonderful. The Slide Maker, that is the full grouping of all those songs to be used in PowerPoint form, has also been, you know, top seller. But this idea of also being able to bring it together, just individual, you know, pick and choose a la carte songs, uh, that's grown in popularity among those uh, in the worship world. And I think that's this will be something that people will welcome and enjoy along with the album. So I'm really excited to see uh, how all this progresses. Um, maybe talk also about, uh, what you're doing in your work at Jackson Heights. I know that, you know, this, we've talked a lot of kind of business, if you will, uh, but you're continuing your work as a pulpit, uh, minister evangelist there. Uh, maybe fill us in on how that's going and, um, what you see, uh, in, in your days there in Columbia.
1: Well, as you say, the elders are being very gracious and they're committed to continuing to work with me as long as I can continue to do the work. And I'm, I'm thankful for that opportunity. And, you know, I I love working with the brethren at the, at Jackson Heights. My four years here have been great. I've really enjoyed working with this eldership and especially since all of us have been uh, plunged into this unwelcome journey through COVID that I, I, you know, I have always believed in God's wisdom in establishing elders, but never has that been clearer to me than in watching the way that the Jackson Heights elders have helped lead the congregation through these obstacles. And, uh, you know, it continues to be a challenge for us. It's so hard to just buckle down and get after your next stage of growth when you never know if some other wave of COVID is going to come sweeping in. But I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunities that I do have. And uh, we're continuing to learn from our circumstances and continuing to find ways that we can adapt.
0: And uh, maybe also talk a little bit about your wife. She's uh, She's got a book on the way as well and, and doing some work of her own.
1: Uh, that she does. Uh <laughs> My wife's name is Lauren. Uh, she is, frankly, probably a, a better public speaker than I am and is somebody, not that I would know, of course, but the, the, I get all these rave reviews from the ladies in her ladies' classes. Uh, but uh, as part of uh, one of those lady cl- ladies' classes, she taught her way through uh, the Book of Colossians in a quarter and since has turned around and has uh, made that into a a workbook that True Publications is about to publish. And I think this is so important because a lot of the time there's kind of this implication that women are second-class Bible students, that if you're going to give women a bible class book that that, then you can't make it too meaty that you just have to address these topics and probably proverbs 31 should show up in there somewhere and and while those are valuable studies uh at the same time i think our women are capable of far more than that and it's so good for them to have uh the opportunity to tackle the text on their own and really get into the doctrine, and not just the application that is in Colossians. So I, I'm glad that yeah, I, I'm, I'm
0: excited to see that. As I was just going to say, I'm excited to see that work in progress, and uh, be excited to see it, you know, come into print, uh, hopefully very soon.
1: Yep, I know she's looking forward to that
0: too. Yeah. Um, maybe is there anything that you could share with us that uh, is on the horizon for you in regard to your treatments or anything like that? I know uh, that last I saw from you guys, you're not uh, looking for any specific help or anything at this moment, but uh, if there's anything else you'd like to share in regard to that, I know there are a lot of challenges ahead and we certainly want to be here to help in any way that we can. And so I just kind of want to give the floor to you in that regard as well.
1: Well, you're, you're definitely right in that uh, we aren't really in need of any kind of financial assistance right now, because, you know, there there are a, a few added expenses, but it's nothing much beyond the, our ordinary course of life anyway. And, and so as much as we appreciate the brethren from all over the country, I mean, it's just been uh, almost embarrassing how generous people have been willing to be. Uh, but... Yeah, despite all of this outpouring of affection, that's not something we need yet. I fear the time will come when we do. Uh, but uh, for now, uh, the, the main thing that I want to ask of everybody who is watching this or listening to this is please keep praying for us. That I, I, I believe it is having an effect. And in the months and years to come, Uh, I need all the help I can get, especially when there are some uh, potential medical treatments on the horizon that might make a significant difference in my lifespan. And I I, I don't know how that will work out. It is not a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination. But I know that when I have all of these good people who are lifting me up to the Father— that that makes it as likely as it can be, that somehow all of those things will work out for my good. So, please pray.
0: Well, it, absolutely. You, you've got that, brother, and we'll keep spreading that message to all around us. I uh, really want to thank you for joining me today for this few minutes to Uh, talk through these things and some exciting things going on uh, despite the circumstances. (laughs) And uh, just uh, we will be praying for you and lifting you up to God uh, on a daily basis. Um, Really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, brother. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you for a few. Absolutely. Well, I
0: want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today, uh, learning about uh, Matt and some of the things he brings to the table, obviously, in the kingdom. Uh, we're very thankful for that and uh, want to invite you to stay tuned to not only the podcast, but check us out at truthbooks.com where we'll be you know sharing information about uh, these different uh, publications and so forth that will come available. Uh, you can also follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and we'll keep you updated there as well. We also value your feedback. If you've got something you'd like to see in a podcast, uh, send us an email at podcast at truthbooks.com. And I just want to thank you again for joining us today. May God bless each and every one of us as we keep taking His hand and helping each other toward that heavenly home.